Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. I want to get into the word this morning. Um, For those of you that are new to River Valley, welcome. We're so glad to have you here today. Uh, Yes, kids are joining us in the service. And uh, we've been doing that for a number of weeks now, just inviting our kids to engage in this environment with us. Obviously, um, with what's going on in our community, we want to honor, to the best of our ability, uh, the things that God's called us to as a church, and in the same way to be a part of what's taking place in our community. So, Kids, we're so glad to have you in here today. I know that a lot of you are taking notes and coloring, and uh, you'll get a little special treat at the end of all of this. So um, well done. I love watching our teenagers take notes and color as well. Come on, teens. You guys are awesome. Um, We're going to jump right into today. Um, I'm going to ask you to get your Bibles out. We're going to be in the book of Acts. For those of you um, that have been with us the last few weeks, we are spending some time in a series called The Church. And we are taking a look at how the early church began and what some of the core things were that took place uh, in the formation of the early church and how that applies to us today. I just want to share with you something that God has been repeating to me over and over again for about the past few months, Uh, something that he's speaking into my heart. And I felt like I was supposed to deposit it in you today. And uh, so as we begin this morning, I just want to take a moment here. I wish again that I could look every one of you in the eye, but, but God has been speaking to me about the time and the day and age in which we live. And what a unique time in history that it is. I actually preached a series about two years ago, maybe three years ago, called The Greatest Time in History. And I believe this with all of my heart, that we live in the greatest time in the history of humanity, uh, not only just as the church, but as individuals. And I want to speak this into your heart this morning. I want you to tune in with me here real quickly. Kids, I want you to listen to this too, because this is, this is you as well, that it is no mistake that you find yourself at this time in history. It's no mistake that you find yourself alive in 2020. God knew that you needed to be in this time and in this generation. I want you to think about this for a moment. God did not place the Apostle Paul in our time. He did not place David or Moses or Peter. They served their generation in their time. Listen to me, church. God puts you here right now for a very specific purpose reason. And all too often, we feel like we just blend in with what, whatever's going on in the year. Anybody ever feel that way sometimes? Like you're just, you're just kind of part of this crazy merry-go-round and not even sure what in the world's going on. Come on. We've all been there in our life. But here's what I want you to hear, that God is a God of intentionality, that he has put you in this place for a very specific reason. And I, I think we need to have that perspective shift inside of us because it changes the way that we get up every morning. If you're getting up every morning just holding on for dear life, can I tell you, you're missing out on what life's all about. You're missing out on your time and your season, and I don't want you to waste your life. I want you to wake up every morning in your life living with purpose because the God of purpose breathed life inside of you and put you on this planet at this time and this moment in history. So as you think about going to school, kids, as you think about interacting with your teachers online, come on, Jesus, help us. Adults, as you are engaging with people in your workplace or or wherever God brings you across people's paths, that God puts you in this time and this season for a specific reason, and he chose you. Is anybody here this morning? 
Come on, there is something beautiful about the timing of God in humanity and history. And we are here now for a very specific reason. I want to I springboard off that into what we've been talking about as the church. Last week we talked about this promise that God gave the church and really spoke it over the, the church at the present in the book of Acts times and actually released it through the book of Joel hundreds of years before the church was even formed. And he spoke and he said, hey, I'm going to pour my spirit out onto all people, all flesh. And your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. And we talked about that last week, parents, grandparents, about the expectations that we have of our children. Do we have the expectations that our children have such connected relationships with God and that they would learn to hear his voice, that they would speak prophetically into our generation? Parents, I'm asking you to think about that for a moment. That your sons and daughters would prophesy and that your, your young men would have visions and your old men will dream dreams. I'm not going back to the old men thing because I got in trouble for that last week. But God has something unique that he wants to speak in this time. And guess who he wants to do it through? You. Because he placed his Holy Spirit in you for this time and this day and age. And we talked about this last week out of Acts chapter 2. And understanding that God gave us the Holy Spirit. And he built around the church this beautiful foundation. And that's what we're talking about right now as we gather together as a church. And there's some things that we've discovered. Number one, for the early church, building blocks of the early church, number one, that Jesus was central to everything. If you're confused about that, let me make that very clear to you. Jesus is central to everything in your life and everything in the local church. If it's about anything else other than Jesus, then, it, it, then I can tell you right now, it is not about building the kingdom of God. The second thing is, is that we learned that, that, that we were instructed and we watched the early church do two things. They gathered together corporately like this, which was wonderful, and they had wonderful times together. And they fellowshiped with one another in their homes daily. They were spending time together, growing in their knowledge of God. They would discuss teachings. They would pray for one another. They would eat amazing food. Come on, church. They would gather together. And we've really lost a lot of this in our culture today. Because we're so isolated in so many ways. I want to challenge you. If you have not found some people to be in a small group with and to be doing life, you are missing out on what God designed the church for. We got a group of people in our home last Sunday night. Had a blast together. Just spending time talking, getting to know each other, praying for one another. Just having a blast. And we ate some really good food. Amen. It was the most spiritual thing we did. Come on, church. And too many of you are trying, and too many of us have tried for years and years to be just okay with going to church on Sunday and that being the sole source of our faith. And that was never what the early church, nor the church that we are a part of today, was designed around. We were designed to be together, to do life on life together, to grow together, and to love one another, and to experience what God has for us in that place. And, and we know that the, through reading the scripture that, that from these gatherings, from these times of being together and from these times of growing together, that there's a witness that should be a part of our lives into the world that we go into. There's something really beautiful that God does in this place in our life. And I want to lead us into today's conversation through watching a video. And we've showed you guys a few of these. And I just really want to encourage you. Uh, there's this group called The Bible Project, and they have phenomenal um, videos and just teachings on the Word of God 
to help set some foundational things in your life, I just, man, I want to encourage you to go to them. But we're going to watch this one here, and it's going to kind of set the stage for where we're going to go to in our discussion times today. So let's watch this video. Beautiful illustration, right, of opening up the book of Acts to us. Who remembers who wrote the book of Acts? Who wrote the book of Acts? Luke. Can we give him a hand? Come on now. Nice job, Levi. Well done. Luke wrote the book of Acts, and he was explained. It was an extension of what he had written in the gospel of Luke. And we see this place now where the church has been baptized with the Holy Spirit. They're excited about doing something for the kingdom of God, um, but they're really enjoying hanging out together. Some really cool things were taking place as they gathered together. They were experiencing this whole new life together that they had not had previously to this time. They were experiencing something new, and, and the early church was, was enjoying this. They were loving their times of gathering together. They were loving what God was doing in their midst, and, and here's what began to happen. The early church really got comfortable. They were really enjoying the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, they were enjoying the discussion that was taking place. I think they really liked the food that they were having together. They enjoyed this time, and, and something begins to take place as God begins to awaken and mobilize the church for its mission. And here is our tendency as people. We tend towards the things that make us comfortable. It's so easy for us to lean into the things and to settle into the places that are comfortable for us, but God never called us to a place of being comfortable. In fact, what he was looking for from the early church was this deposit of the Holy Spirit so that they could go do something with it, not just gather together and enjoy just the presence of God for them. He had created the church for a mission, and they were wrestling with this, as they were experiencing this newness of what was going on as the early church was being formed in Jerusalem. And in fact, Jesus has already, had already made very clear to them what the mission of the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of God was to be in their lives. If you remember back into Acts chapter 1, open up your Bibles, Acts chapter 1, verse 7. Acts chapter 1, verse 7. We've already read this together. The disciples were in this place where they were, they were gathering together, they were doing all of these things, and they were really focused on something that was important to them. If you read earlier in these verses, this is where the disciples were arguing about and trying to discuss when Jesus was going to come back. Like, this was a really important thing to them. Why? Because they all wanted to be elevated in the kingdom of God. They all wanted to have the, the knowledge of when Jesus was going to come back. It was a, it was they, they were debating about this and arguing about this. And Jesus was like, fellas, come on now. And he speaks these words to them that I, I want us to hear with fresh ears this morning. Acts chapter 1, verse 7, Jesus replied to them, because this is them asking about, hey, when, when are you coming back? We need to know when you're coming back. And here's what Jesus said, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. In other words, you are looking at the wrong thing, fellas. Your attention is on the wrong thing. And then here's what Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So here's what Jesus does. He recalibrates their focus. 
Their focus was on right here and now. Their focus was actually on, hey, are we going to rule and reign with you on the earth here? Jesus, you're supposed to be the king of Israel, and Israel's supposed to rule the earth, right? And Jesus is like, nope. That's stuff you guys made up. Jesus said, my kingdom isn't of this world, but I have a very specific mission for you to focus your hearts on, and it's not about building something here. It's about building something for eternity. So Jesus began to speak to them about this place, this mission, this, this impartation of the Holy Spirit in their lives for them to be on mission. And then we fast forward into Acts chapter 2, which we looked at last week, where he said, I'm going to pour my spirit out on all flesh. Why? So that, so that my witness, who I am, can be seen in every part of the earth. But the challenge was with the early church, they were really liking their comfortable gathering together. It was fun for them. And there was this big shift that God was bringing to the children of Israel, the Jewish people, as well as to the current culture in the world. And that's what I want to speak to this morning. As we see this shocking shift take place, specifically for Jews, because Jews thought Yahweh was for them. They had no context for God himself actually being for other people. And so they had this radical shift that took place in this moment here where the gospel was presented to them and the Holy Spirit came upon them. And God said, now, now this isn't just for you right here in Jerusalem and all you Jewish people. This is actually for everyone. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And God's like, no, 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 you don't understand. For everyone. In fact, the ironic portion of this is the guy speaking this, Peter. Everybody remember Peter? Peter got up and he was speaking boldly. Hey, what you're seeing happen here is prophesied in Joel. And Peter makes this really bold declaration that this is, this is actually something that was prophesied a long time ago. And this Holy Spirit, this work of God is for everyone. Did you know that Peter didn't even believe that? Some I mean, of you are like, what are you talking about? He said it. No, no, Peter didn't even believe that. We know that. Because God had to send a vision to Peter sometime later in the middle of the afternoon that, that caused him to understand this thought and this heart of God. And it was this picture of the clean and unclean thing. God said, go ahead and eat the unclean. And Peter's like, no, I would never do that, Lord. Because Peter didn't understand that what the message of the gospel was for was both for Gentile and Jew. But he, he was preaching this message to the church early on saying, hey, this, this good news of the gospel and this Holy Spirit is for everyone. And Peter didn't even understand what he was saying yet. Can I tell you, there's some things that you probably think you understand about God and his word that you need some revelation on and God wants to bring into your life. There's some preconceived ideas that we have about what it means to gather together as the church. Some things that, that we have in our hearts and mind about how God can move. In fact, I guarantee you, I challenged some of that in your space last week when we were talking about the prophetic and kids hearing from God. That challenged some of our theological beliefs for some of us in this room. This is exactly what the Holy Spirit was doing with the early church. He was turning everything on its head, things that they were super comfortable with, but they were, they were learning how to express. And here's, here's why it was such a weird deal, because... They were living in a culture at that time that did not fully embrace the gospel. Does that sound familiar? Understand, and this is important for us to get this week because it's going to prepare us for next week, that, that the church was never planted in a culture so that that culture could define the church. 
The church was always planted in a culture, a city, a, a region, a nation, so that the church could exemplify what the kingdom of God was supposed to look like. And here's what I see happening all too often, and it's exactly what was happening with the early church. They were mixing up the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Israel. They were mixing up the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Rome. They were interchanging the two, thinking that they were both the same as or equal to. And that's not at all what Jesus was teaching. Jesus was saying, hey, listen, the kingdom of God is something totally and completely different than your nationality. I just offended half of the room. That the kingdom of God is not the fact, church, that you're an American. Should we be thankful for where God has us? Man, I tell you, there is no other place on earth I'd rather be. I am so grateful that I was born in the United States of America, and I get to, to be a part of a beautiful community like Boise. But Jesus was speaking and challenging the early church to not let their identity be found in their nationality, but in their eternal destination. And all too often, we see the church getting wound up in this space. And this is exactly what Luke was speaking to, what Peter was speaking to, what Paul was speaking to. And it's what the early church wrestled with every time they got together. They were having these, these conflicts about their nationality and the kingdom of God. And for us, we, we need to let the word of God redirect our thoughts and our focus because we have a mission and a calling that supersedes whatever nation that we are a part of. Once again, I am so thankful to be an American, but I first identify myself as a child of God. And that should change the way that I speak, the way that I talk, the way that I live, because that supersedes me being an American. I know I'm offending some of you right now, but I need you to let the word of God speak to your heart this morning. Because all too often in our culture, and it's what they were wrestling with too, their nationality was superseding the kingdom mission. And so therefore, the Jews thought the gospel was just for them. They weren't really interested in taking this good news to Gentiles because they were like bad people. And all too often in the culture that we live in today, we are really comfortable with being the church in the church in a building. But when it comes to actually taking the gospel to the people who need the gospel... Oh, well, we're not too sure about that. Or if we do it, my question is, are we actually really representing the kingdom of God or are we just representing a political party or our own ideals? Come on, church. We need to ask ourselves some hard questions because we are first and foremost called to represent the kingdom of God over our nationality. And this is what they were wrestling with in their church culture. and They had to wrestle it to the ground. They had to come to a place where they said, listen, our mission is about carrying the gospel to every tribe and tongue, every nation, every nationality, from Samaria to Judea to the uttermost parts of the world. Like, that is what we're called to. We're called to go out of River Valley Church into Meridian and Nampa to our workplaces and carry this good news of the gospel. And it's more important than who gets elected in November. It doesn't mean that we don't pray. It doesn't mean that we don't vote. It doesn't mean that we don't stand up for righteousness in our nation. It just simply means that the priority must be the kingdom of God, not your political persuasion, church. 
And so as God is building the church, as we see the early church being transformed here, the early church begins to shift and to change because the culture that they were in was very different and had very different views and opinions than that of the kingdom of God. The Romans thought that they, they were all that. The Romans over, oversaw everything that was going on in the known world at that time. They had, they had taken over the Greek culture. The Romans were the dominant culture at that time, and they, they worshiped pagan gods, and they, they, they wanted all of this power and glory, and what they worshiped, listen to me, what they worshiped was entertainment and self-fulfillment. Does that sound like a culture that we know anything about? Come on, we're surrounded by that today. And so the, the Roman culture of their time exalted all of these things, entertainment and self-fulfillment and, and you being you and free thought and all of these things, and that came into conflict with the gospel. Because the gospel says, I surrender all that I am to the King of Kings. The gospel says that, that I don't get to have just my opinion anymore, but my opinion is formed and shaped by the truth of God's word. That was very counterculture when it came to the Roman, the Gentiles, the Greeks, that, that, that genre of, of the culture at that time. And here you had the Jews who were wrestling with this identity of the Messiah. The Messiah was supposed to come and set up rule and reign. The Jews were supposed to go from this impoverished slavery mentality and be brought back together as the nation that was ruling the earth. That's what they thought. That's what they had built up for decades, and that's why Jesus didn't fit the mold. And here's what we find when we look at the early church. Much of their interpretation of how the kingdom of God was supposed to look came through their cultural norms, not through the clarity of God's Word. And this is what God was doing in the early church. He was undoing all these cultural things that they had bought into and found identity in, and He was saying, listen, I'm giving you a new identity and a new culture to be a part of, and it's called the kingdom of God. And it looks different. It feels different. It does things different. And that's what we are invited to be a part of. Can I tell you that we are experiencing the same cultural conflicts that they were experiencing as the early church was being formed? We are experiencing the same type of cultural pressures that the early church was feeling. And what the early church started to do was insulate themselves in as the body of Christ. In fact, we see, and we're going to talk about this in the weeks to come, that the only way the message of the gospel got out of Jerusalem, you're not going to like this word, but it came through persecution. Because the church was content gathering together and having great worship services and having good food and enjoying their time. But can I tell you, heaven was not content with that. Jesus came and died so that the whole world could experience. Man, I'm looking at you guys today and your faces are just like... Bleh. Jesus came so that the whole world could experience the good news of the gospel, forgiveness of sin, and the hope for eternal life. And the early church did what a lot of the church is doing today, trying to settle into our gatherings, trying to settle into our comforts. And Jesus is saying, whoa, 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 that's not what I created you for. And so God allowed persecution 
to come to the early church so that they would get out of Jerusalem and take the gospel to the world. Church, I, I got a feeling there's some things that God's trying to do in the local church here in the Treasure Valley and in the church that we see in the United States of America. I'm not saying that God caused COVID, but what I am saying is he probably allowed it so that the church would get out of the church a little bit. So that we would move beyond our comfortable settings and we would take on the culture of heaven, not the culture of the United States of America. And I want to challenge you this morning in your prayer and in your focus. Here's what I want to challenge you, and then we're going to jump into some time of discussion together. It's going to be fun this morning, I can tell already. Here's what I want to challenge you with. When you're looking at your perspective on life, when you're looking at your perspective on what's going on in our country, when you're looking at your perspective on what's taking place around you in your community, is it based more on the fact that you're American or is it based more on the fact that you're a child of God? Are you more willing to fight for your rights as an American citizen or are you more willing to fight for the rights of the kingdom of God? And what I mean by that is, are we willing to be as vocal about people coming to know Jesus as we are about whether we have our constitutional rights in place? Man, it is quiet in here this morning. Church, I, I need you to hear this from me. I am so grateful that I've grown up in the United States of America. I'm thankful for a Bill of Rights. But can I tell you, none of those things are guaranteed to us through Scripture. They are wonderful. I am thankful for the country that, man, <laughs> I am so thankful for the country that we're in. But nowhere in Scripture does it say the United States of America, our Bill of Rights and Constitution are now written in heaven. It doesn't. And so are we going to experience some different and difficult things in our culture? Guaranteed. Why can I say that? Because there's 2,000 years of history of the church that was in different cultures and different spaces that existed without the Bill of Rights and our Constitution. And the gospel still kept moving forward. And here's the deal. I pray to God that the United States remains a nation that, that is powerful and influencing the world in hopefully really good ways. But here's the deal. I don't put my hope in the United States of America. And church, neither can you. Here's what we need to do. We need to be the body of Christ in a nation, the United States of America, that cries out to God for his mercy to be on our land. Why? For the advancement of the gospel, not the comforts that we get to live in, church. We've got to be more about the mission of the gospel of Jesus Christ than we are about our own comforts and priorities and freedoms. And I am grateful, once again, I think I've said it about eight times now, for the country that we live in. I, again, I don't want to be any, I've traveled the world, and I don't want to be any other place than the United States. I'm so thankful for it. But listen, this is not our home. And we need to start living with the awareness like the early church had to be woken up to, that this is not our home. And there is some, some work for us to do in our community. There's some things and places of influence that God wants to give you in our community and in your workplaces that right now we're probably not leveraging very well because we're more worried about an election than we are about the kingdom of God moving forward and the lost being saved. And so church, it's time for us 
to awaken to some of the things that the early church had to be awoken to, too. And I'm going to say this. You should go vote. Can I get an amen? You should be involved in what's going on in our community. Some of you should be running for office. And I mean that honestly. For local things, we should be involved in the church in those spaces without question. But that is not where our hope resides. Our hope resides in the fact that Jesus is coming back soon. He's coming back for a bride, and he longs for people to know him and to make heaven their home. So here's what we're going to do. This is how we close every one of our services here today uh, throughout this kind of season that we're in, and we're going to do it the same way today. We're going to close our time together and gather together in some small groups and talk about the Word of God, what we're learning today, and we're going to pray for one another. And now some of you are like, oh, man, here we go. Yep, here we go. And here's what I'm going to ask you. These are not times to get in small groups and have political conversations. You can do that on your own time. This morning, what we're going to do is we're going to get together and talk about some of the things that God needs to readjust inside of us. And can I just tell you, I'm in this process right now of the Holy Spirit adjusting some perspectives inside of me. And we need to pray for one another because that's what Scripture teaches us is how we, how we walk together in life and unity. So here's, here's our two questions that we're going to explore this week in our time together. Number one, am I kingdom-minded or more earthly-focused? I'm going to give you a cool measuring stick for this today. Just look at your social media feed. It will help you to understand if you're more kingdom-minded or more earthly-focused. Okay, so that's a question that we're going to have in our groups together. I can't wait to be in a group and hear this discussion. And the second one for this week is this. This week, how can I engage this culture and represent Jesus' keyword here, rightly? How do I represent Jesus and the kingdom of God in this culture today? In the United States of America, you live in Boise, Idaho, or Meridian, or wherever you're from, and you have an opportunity this week to represent Jesus, and I'm going to say the word again, rightly this week, how he deserves to be represented. So we're going to talk about that today in our groups. Take just a few minutes here together, and then we want to encourage you also to take a few minutes and pray for one another. So uh, three, two, one, go. Grab your groups. Spend some time together this morning. Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.